Just a few days before the recording of this episode, we marked the one-year anniversary of our state of normalcy uh, coming to a screeching halt due to the coronavirus pandemic. And there's no doubt the world is different now than it was just one year ago, and that includes the world of youth ministry. In today's episode, we're talking about the state of youth ministry one year after COVID. You're listening to the Ministry Leader Podcast, designed to help leaders just like you leverage your time and influence for greater impact with young people. My name's Brian, and the man on the other mic is Reggie. We're your hosts on this podcast, and we're excited to spend the next few minutes talking ministry with you. Here we go. Wow, it has already been one year. COVID has been here for a year's time here in the U.S., man. That's hard to believe. It is. is. It's felt like a long time, but it's hard to believe it's been a year for sure. Let's talk about some of the things that we've learned, Brian. Um, And I think that this is interesting because there were a lot of things that had to happen really fast. And there was a lot of things that were coming to us, information that's coming to us, and a lot of new things that are now emphasized in the world of youth ministry. So, yeah, I think one thing that we've learned is that we have compartmentalized our faith from our daily lives. Yeah, I think that's been one thing that's been exposed through this time. Um, And when I think of that, what that means is like, you know, we we feel like faith and our, our, our church attendance and all this stuff is, is part of who we are. Yeah. Uh, and I just think on a, and this is a broad sweeping statement. It's not a, a convicting statement. It's, you know, targeted at me too in, in many ways is that when church wasn't a thing, when we had to shut our doors and mm-hmm. we were going online, like people weren't engaging online anymore. Yeah. And we saw like church attendance drop. And even now as churches are getting back uh, in meeting in person that, the attendance isn't recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still good reasons for that right now. But um, I just think there's, we've learned that that was our faith. Yeah. Our, the things that we did was our faith mm-hmm. and it wasn't who we are. So mm-hmm. it didn't really impact other parts of our lives. And so, um, it, yeah, I don't know if, if that, in my head, that makes a lot of sense, but yeah, we've just absolutely. seen the separation of, because it's been exposed when, when our, the things we did are no longer there yeah. is our faith still existent in the other parts of our lives. Exactly. I think that that's really important for us to, I mean, it's an honest question for us to ask ourselves, but it's, it's also something that, you know, we've learned and pastors are having to see like, okay, well, this is what's happening with my congregation due to this pandemic and like you said that engagement we're trying to engage online okay well this is the reality of and it's not like we're in a generation or this was a a thing that was normal to try and engage digitally so we're trying to do something new so there is you know reason there but then also like okay but how badly do they want to hear the word of god preached how badly do they want for this or that to happen so yeah I think that those are definitely things that we've learned. Um, Another thing, Brian, is a digital ministry. And so we just mentioned this a little bit, but um, we found out a few things that work. But I feel like, especially for me, I found out (laughs) a lot of things that don't work. Yeah, right? Yeah. I I remember at the beginning of of this shutdown in the COVID time, like we were trying to do everything that we did in person. We just tried to move it online. So we tried to have Campus Life Club and Youth Group on Instagram Live. And it just wasn't the same. Mm -mm. And we, some places are still doing it. Many places realized or recognized like this isn't working. Yeah. We've got to find something else. So trial and error for sure. Absolutely. I'm glad we did that stuff to discover it. You learn through failure and hardship, right? Um, But yeah, I think we've learned a lot more so far of what doesn't work in a digital space than what does. Yeah. But I have hope 
and we'll talk about that later about maybe what that means moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that, you know, for me, going back to that digital space, I was super like just not aware of what it takes to be on digital space, you know, the large group gatherings or how to run a effective Zoom call or, you know, even Instagram live. I've never gone live on anything, yeah. you know, um, but COVID calls for the first time for me to try and do that. So definitely were some some learning curves, curves, yep. some learning curves <laughs> there. <too>. And, <laughs> and it's been great to um, just see, you know, and learn through that, grow through that. So the next thing is um, – We've learned, we've had to learn how to respect the opinions and have healthy conversations of others. Um, and so, you know, we talked about the the pandemic and how, you know, for some people, it was a real situation. Some people lost loved ones. Some people were impacted by it. Some, I had some people who said, like, this is the worst thing that they've ever experienced having had COVID. Yeah. You know, and then I have others who had COVID and they're like, well, this is like a flu. It's no no big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not really worried about it. I wouldn't care if I got it again. I prefer not because nobody prefers to get sick. But right. you have people who are on both sides of the spectrum. As far as conversation goes, like I, I still think we have a, an issue in our society where um, many of us have, have had to learn how to respect opinions and yeah. have healthy conversations. But I think we have a segment of society that's so uh, divided on that and go, sure. I'm not going to listen to you. Because you're getting your information from a bad place or yeah. whatever. So I don't have to listen to you. So I'm mm. not going to. And I struggle with that too. Um, so I think, I think many of us have had to, because we've had to be in spaces where uh, we've had to have these conversations, many of us thought we knew how to have healthy conversations. So right. yes, while, while I still think there's a lot that is still left to learn, yeah. I do think we've learned um, how to approach it and maybe healthier ways for yeah, sure. For sure. For sure. Which is a huge necessity right now, because I mean, we talk about, we talk about Christ all the time as in his example of how he loved people really well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it talks about, you know, things in scriptures all throughout scripture, not provoking our brother to anger and, and you know, yeah. different things like that, that we, you know, we have to use that example and continue to uh, remind ourselves and, and be in scripture to know how to do those things effectively. So, um, the next thing um, of what we've learned, so we talked about compartmentalization of our faith. You know, we've talked about digital ministry, um, respecting the opinions of others. The next, we want to talk about how, you know, there's a greater emphasis on the need to come around students and feelings of isolation. Yeah, I, you know, we've recognized this pre-COVID, yeah, that isolation sure. and depression and rates of anxiety and suicidal ideation, all that is on the, the increase in our country. Um, and we've seen the reality of it now um, in a time when social interaction has been so limited. Yeah. So it's been mental health, uh, a focus on mental health has been on the in increase for yeah. years. And right. I just think um, the spotlight shown on it in a, in a new way yeah. this year. And we actually, we recorded an episode um, with someone from Feed Youth Ministry uh, that will air next week. Uh, and we talk a little bit in that episode about kind of this, this mental health and this isolation students feel. So be sure to tune into that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that this is this is huge because, you know, even talking about that feed interview that we did, you know, that information was taking place pre-COVID. Right. And now hearing how, like, if once you tune in next week, you're going to hear some stats and you're going to be like, okay, well, even now amplify that, having more isolation, having more kids um, feeling like they have nobody around them. And so there's just a greater emphasis in, in the opportunity for us as youth ministers right. to go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
But then lastly, of what we've learned that we, we have here, and I know there's lots of other things, but we have learned to be grateful for human interaction. I think that that's been huge for me, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that goes back to creation, right? We're created to be in community with one yeah. another. And when we when we can't have that community, we recognize, like, what we've taken for granted. Like, Absolutely. you don't know what you've got till it's gone, right? Yeah. Um, is, I think that's how the saying goes, right? Yep, but yep. anyway, like, when that's when we've been separated from that, to have it again, I don't even recognize I need it yeah. until I have it again. Yeah. So recently I've been sitting down and meeting with some of our staff that I haven't sat down face-to-face with in a year. Yeah. We've had meetings together occasionally right right but i recognize i walk away from that and go oh i missed this yeah and i didn't know i missed it so much yeah so yeah absolutely being grateful for human interaction is is huge yeah and i think even like talking to my kids um at the center you know they're saying man i can't wait to be back in person for schooling you Mm -hmm. know what i mean when they no longer have to do digital schooling and you know there's a gratitude that's there as well and so we're all feeling it you know to have a kid say i can't wait to be back in school like, let's be honest, that, that just shows how severe, like, this stuff is. Right. You know, the need for human interaction, being face-to-face with people. Um, never, not, to get to the point, you know, where hugging somebody is not weird. Yeah. You know, or, or you don't have to question whether or not somebody, yeah. you know, is, will go in for a handshake or, you know, dapping somebody up or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, so we, we, we're learning the value and to be grateful for that human interaction. Yeah, for sure. So now we want to talk a little bit about where we're going, you know, so we've talked about what has happened over this year, some of the things that we've learned. So what does this mean as far as moving forward? You know, some of the things to look forward to. Number one, we've talked about this, you know, in our episode early in January about how, you know, we should move towards smaller groups. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, it's one way we can continue to engage in healthy relationships, um, in safe ways, even with social distancing, we can do small groups. And I think, uh, with that emphasis, we've recognized that, uh, that's where relationships can really happen Yeah, authentic relationships. People can be real with one another in that. But I think what this is being necessitated in other ways too. So like there's been a natural decline in church attendance for years, right? right? And I think it's just dropped off the cliff since COVID. And I don't, it's going to be a long time uh, until church attendance recovers. So we're naturally gathering in smaller groups yeah, exactly. because of that. Um, but I do think, like I said before, I think we're seeing more intentional relationships happen in small groups. And um, we haven't had to focus on it. We've yeah. talked about it a lot. Right. But we haven't had to focus on it uh, before COVID. And now I think we're seeing the value in it more and more. Yeah. So yeah. number two, uh, we want to continue to engaging digitally as an enhancement of in-person ministry. So talk about that a little bit, Brian. Yeah. I just think, uh, we had to learn how to engage digitally quickly. And we talked about the trial and error a few minutes ago, but, uh, I think because we've, we engaged so quickly and learned a lot of things that didn't work. I think what the advantage of that is that because we've learned a little bit of what has worked that now that we're getting back together in person, like we can't lose that. Yeah. We have to continue to engage in digital spaces. And we'll, again, we'll talk in the, the interview that you'll hear next week uh, just about how frequently students are online and what their engagement looks like online. And it's a place I just think we have to be. Um, it doesn't have to be the focus of our ministry. It doesn't have to be a primary focus of our ministry, but it has to be a focus. Yeah. A focus of our ministry. Absolutely. Ministries. Absolutely. And to go along with that, you know, I think that there's so much simplicity in doing 
online ministry, you mm-hmm. know, to to where we thought that we had to, okay, how am I going to gather this many students? Well, now we, we are more comfortable with doing like, hey, let me just get on a, a group FaceTime with six students, you know, yep. let's just talk. So I think that there's a lot of simplicity in it. Finally, we want to talk about how students have the potential to lead our ministries in digital spaces. Yeah, I think that um, student leadership has been uh, important to youth ministry for a long time. Um, and everybody defines that differently. Like, right. are they leading worship? Are they leading by uh, doing small groups? Are they leading by uh, just, you know, in their lifestyle and conversation and influence? Um, but I do think that digital spaces is a place that we can leverage young leaders yeah. and go, you know, this space. Um, let me train you how to how to engage, you know, bring your faith into it mm-hmm. and and share what maybe we're talking about at youth group or at campus life or city life or whatever um, in this space. But you have the platform. You understand it better than I do. Yeah. And you have the following and your voice right. is valuable. So I think we can lean into that. And I think we'll start seeing more of that, too. It, it is important for us to understand that this generation, Gen Z's. They want to have a place where their voice is heard. They want to have a platform. They're looking to lead. And we talk about all the time how in Scripture we find young people leading in ministry. We find so many stories where young people being called by God at a young age as teenagers um, and young adults to go and be the ministry. And so how do we find that that space to allow for kids to use that creativity, use um, the opportunities on digital platforms to use their voice and then coach them up on how to make sure that Christ is at the center of that. And I think that there's so much opportunity. So and where we're going, smaller groups, um, we're looking to continue engaging digitally as an enhancement of in-person ministry. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly, students have the potential to lead on these digital platforms, making sure that we're giving students opportunity to lead. And that's what we see as being the future of youth ministry moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Ministry Leader Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week. As we've already mentioned, we've got a special interview with Allison Yandel from Feed Youth Ministry that I think you'll find very informative and helpful.